Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, (laughs) you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. After two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like, instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the birds of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate and supportive environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post called Lot of Good People in the World. More than a decade ago, when I worked as a legal nurse consultant, also known as uh, LNC for short, I supported the clients of lawyers who'd suffered a medical injury of some kind. In the world of litigation, it is common practice for both plaintiff and defense attorneys to arrange for a medical professional, specifically their medical professional, to evaluate the client. When I worked as an LNC, one of my regular activities was to attend these evaluations, also called independent medical evaluations, IMEs, or even defense medical evaluations, DMEs for short. After joining a few of these evaluations, as the medical professional representing the injured party, I was shocked at what I was observing. Physicians manipulating patients, twisting their words, and in some instances, getting them to change their responses from, for example, my pain is a 9 of 10 to my pain, I guess, is a 5 of 10. Um, Intimidation tactics, comments on physical appearance, um, tattoos, jewelry, things like that, things that have absolutely nothing to do with the intent of the independent medical medical evaluation and um, from a psychological perspective, just watching the disarm disarming of the patient, um, which is just a sheer manipulation on some of the parts of some of these positions, certainly not all of them. Um, but I did begin uh, making it my mission to get lawyers, this is when I was doing consulting for legal nursing, um, to spring for the 500 bucks or whatever it was so that a legal nurse consultant could accompany their patient, take copious notes and intervene if the patient was being placed in peril or asked to do something unconscionable. When I went to marketing events, I handed out postcards to attorneys that said, sending your client to an IME without an LNC is like sending them into a courtroom without you. <laughs> this type of communication added to the business I was growing, for sure generated more business. But it also felt like a personal commitment, since many of the physicians seemed to be men and injured parties women. Um, so fast forward, and still years ago, 
I was asked by an attorney client to accompany one of her stroke clients to travel to another state for her IME. The case itself had involved a large wholesale chain, well-known, which I won't mention here, and severe mistreatment of an attorney customer who looked disabled in a wheelchair and maybe didn't look smart, but she was treated terribly. So we departed for the 24-hour trip one morning from Baltimore International Airport, Baltimore, Washington International Airport, and I assisted this lovely, kind woman who was extremely physically challenged from the airport through the friendly skies and dropping down into the state where the injury occurred. A couple of notes here. The first is that if you need a good dose of humility, head to the airport and depend on the goodness of employees and strangers to help you get through security. I already have a high dose of this, having traveled with Zachary all of his 22 years. So many memories (laughs) to think back on. But honestly, the seizure that turned Zachary blue at 33,000 feet or 30,000 feet, it probably takes the cake for the worst experience in the air. Uh, And there are a lot to choose from, whether it be you know, what we would call a code brown, which is an explosive diaper, or, you know, vomiting or what we've done at all. But that seizure really um, stands out as one of the most challenging things to happen while flying. So a second note here is that there are a lot of people trying to navigate things like flying that have a hard time just getting through the day, getting dressed, the um, completing the activities of daily living. ADLs. And if you're accustomed to judging others to help confirm your own belief that you alone are responsible for what happens to you, good luck with that. <laughs> I And I sincerely mean this, but I, I do. I hope that you never get 